Hello, and welcome to Cleantech Talk, Alacrity Canada's latest podcast series that focuses on the emerging cleantech sector. In this week's episode, we're disrupting industries without disrupting systems. We'll be talking to Devesh Bharadwaj and Dr. Ian McDonald of Pani Energy. Devesh is the founder and CEO of the company. Created as a spin-off company from many years of research at the University of Victoria, Pani Energy is redefining the water industry by bringing advanced system design and artificial intelligence to lift the state of the art and reduce the operational costs associated with extracting fresh water from non-fresh sources. Ian is the former president of the Canadian National Centre of Excellence in Photonics. He has extensive experience in transferring research technologies to commercialization. He's also currently chairman of Pani Energy, overseeing Pani's strategy for business execution and technology development in the water and energy sector. Welcome to the show, Devesh and Ian. Hey, Sonia. Thanks for having us. So let's get started with uh, what Pani Energy is and what does the company want to achieve? Awesome, definitely. And thanks for the great introduction. So Pani Energy, it's a B2B SaaS company. So Pani stands for water in Hindi and energy stands for energy. So the company spin off from the University of Victoria, focusing on these two pillars, which you know are the foundation of the society. And what we realize is that there's a huge opportunity to come in the industry as it's running now and improve efficiencies. What we are focusing on as water infrastructures. Pani saw that there is a tremendous growth in desalination, wastewater treatment and reuse technologies because there's a big gap in supply and demand, almost a 40% gap predicted by 2030. Wow. Um, and the story behind this is that these processes are very complex. It's not trivial to operate and optimize uh, these plants, especially when there's thousands of them being built in small to medium scales where the operations team might not be knowledgeable in the operations of these plants. Um, so what we saw is that, okay, there's a big gap to be met and that can merge the gap uh, of our demand to supply. However, it's going to create a huge inefficiencies and in carbon emission increase, which is going to affect climate change. So mm -hmm. Pani focused on um, researching and how do we improve efficiencies of these plants in a scale where it provides ROI to the operators, mm -hmm. so they can adopt it. Also at a point where it's um, affordable and uh, easy to integrate without disrupting their plants. So we brought in artificial intelligence and years of subject matter expertise to make a technology called Pani Digital. Um, Pani Digital is a business-to-business -business software as a service solution that integrates with desalination, wastewater treatment, reuse, liquid discharge, basically non-traditional treatment plants and improves their efficiency. What we do is it's a product made by the operators for the operators and it works side by side with the operators as a digital operator coach, telling them how they can run their plan better in real time. Which, okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so you already touched on this a little bit in your answer, um, but because you're focusing on two fundamental pillars, uh, energy and water and how they operate within society, um, and a lot of these usually um, rely on outdated or inadequate infrastructure, how else does Pani work to change those things? That's a very good question. I think, you know, it, on one end, uh, such a old infrastructure creates opportunity for improvement. On the other, it creates challenges. I think what we do, I think that's where a lot of our R&D has gone into is, okay, it's a high-tech solution which has a value proposition, but that's not enough to have the industry adopt it. So what the company has done, the company has focused on 
uh, running behind the plant almost. So when we integrate to the plant, it's seamless. There's no disruption. The operators don't even notice it's being integrated. They don't have to install any software in their plant, which is allowing us to almost act like a digital consultant, almost like a friend. So that's on the water side. And on the energy side, actually, the company has an R&D arm, which is focusing on large-scale energy storage. That's amazing. Hey, um, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, um, I guess it's worthwhile saying that um, Penny is an unusual uh, digital company or software company in that not only must we sort out how to handle information, how to take information from customers, send it back to them, present it well, but we also have to do something with it on their behalf. And to do that, we need to have pretty good understanding of the physics of these processes and the chemistry. And so we need people as not only experienced in software, but he also experienced in, in uh, science, in, in chemistry and physics, and, mm -hmm. and been able to attract uh, recently a number of these people. Yeah. That's great. And on the same spirit as Ian, you know, uh, Sonia, there is so much data in this industry. There's data all over the place. But for so many years, people have not really seen a tangible value with that data. So Apani has kind of taken on the task is to provide uh, an intangible solution really as a software, but which provides a very um, significant tangible value to the customer. So that's a tremendous amount of um, R&D going into how do we take these data and information from the plant without adding additional hardware or retrofitting the plant to provide some control suggestions or inputs that can actually make a 20 to 30% difference in the operation cost. That's huge. Mm -hmm. A big part of the industry that you're in um, is trying to disrupt it without necessarily disrupting those foundational systems. So how does Pani Energy bring to the commercial market uh, these advanced technologies? Yes, very good point. There are different types of technologies out there and, and just in the clean tech space, uh, if you are going in and there's an op opportunity to disrupt the industry with disruptive technologies and also disruptive um, adoption, However, what we found that there are around, you know, 100,000 plants out there. And if you have to make an impact at, a, at such a large scale, it would be very difficult um, from a commercial standpoint to going in and changing tremendous infrastructure and hardware to actually allow our end user to realize that impact. So initially, actually, the company was going that. It was supporting these companies retrofit, add more hardware to realize that impact, but then we transitioned to a complete software approach. And that's been a major driver in helping the operators make an impact without them actually putting upfront CapEx in the plant. So we, on the business side, we innovated through a revenue model that allows the end user to pay on a monthly basis. So they, okay. can get, uh, they can get a huge ROI, but they only have to pay a few thousand dollars a month. You could say that uh, we're doing disruption by improvement rather than disruption by revolution. That's a nice, succinct way of putting it. So because you were developing hardware and now are developing software, does, have you found that one is easier or more difficult to get those innovations to market? Is there a difference between how those get adopted by the market? No, great point. Yes, I think... Um... You know, the space we're in is a bit more software-enabled hardware, so challenges kind of intersect from both one another. But I think one big challenge in hardware is, in this industry, you know, you have to kind of create sometimes your own value chain if you're doing it at a large scale. If you were a membrane company, you can have a small manufacturing area by yourself, and you can start 
making small scale membranes, but as you are expanding your operations, you suddenly have to make large partnerships with large manufacturing units, which requires extensive capital. And that is okay, and that can actually make a huge impact. While in, in, in similar things go in hardware cases, but when you go into software, you know, you need to have an infrastructure, servers, so on and so forth. And we're in a good lucky space that Amazon and Google and other places have cloud as a service model. So for a company to just start, a software company, it's, it's scalable. You can use these services so you don't have to build your own value chain. So on that development standpoint, it, it is, it's, it's a space which has had a lot of work in enabling new companies to start and get going quite fast. To put it maybe shorter or simpler, in, in doing hardware, we discovered that we had to understand it very well, and uh, that led to software models and implementations, which we realized were themselves valuable. And uh, I think that's the origin of it all. Amazing. Pontiac Energy's research and innovations, they deal with improving efficiencies in the desalination of water, as well as large-scale energy storage. So how are you working to achieve those goals? Because they're, they're massive goals. <laughs> Mm, well, it's a really good point, Sonia. I think um, you know, the foundation science that Pani has really focused on for many years is membrane processes. Mm-hmm. Is how do you use uh, membrane uh, and salt and water to separate and mix them quite efficiently. That's how our large-scale energy storage was developed, and we built a two-kilowatt pilot for the same technology there. We realized that to solve climate change, there's a tremendous amount of renewable energy technologies coming out, which are actually quite cheap, solar and wind in some countries are cheaper than oil. Mm-hmm. But the problem that come up there is that, okay, well, what if there's no wind and what if there is no sun? Then you're back to oil, you're back to other technologies or storing energy. And uh, storing energy is quite expensive. Um, you know, batteries can cost around 50 to 60 cents per kilowatt hour to store energy. So it, it created a huge barrier for renewable energy to penetrate mainstream standard economics of uh, energy markets. and at Pani, we thought, okay, how about we using salt and water to separate and mix them together to store energy? So when there is solar energy in the daytime, we separate salt from water. So you have brine and fresh water. And then you need the energy back, you mix it together and you get the energy out. Now, not just this required tremendous innovation on hardware and system design, but also operational software. That's where our software technology is applied within this uh, technology space. That's so amazing. <laughs> it's so cool to, to see what those technologies look like and uh, how effective they've been. So Devesh, because you're in the clean tech space, uh, how has that shaped your entrepreneurial journey? I know you did a bunch of research at UVic um, and that was kind of the, the start and inspiration, but do you think the state of the industry kind of helps or hinders your company's development? Clean tech is a very exciting space. I think. Uh, I've been in different spaces before. I've worked in typical software companies, which are, uh, you know, in the apps industry, and things move much faster there, one may say. But, you know, when you are in the clean tech space, the market opportunity is massive. The impact you can put at people's lives is massive. And what what we are excited at Pani is that uh, with our business, we have the benefits of the same massive impact, massive market opportunity, at the same time using advanced software technology and artificial intelligence, which are uh, emerging in the space, we can get the benefit of faster sales cycles. We can get the benefit of making an impact to a customer very fast. We get the benefits of scaling a company from you know tens of plants to a few hundreds, if not thousand plants fast. 
Um, so that I think has been an amazing journey and we're on it right now is how do we take advantage of that? Um, the timing is quite nice for where we're at. You know, there's been a deep uh, and wide gap in digital technologies uh, in the water industry. It's quite traditional and now we're coming in and merging that gap, but actually providing tangible value to our end users. And for the climate, it's a significant amount of carbon emission reduction. You know, even a 5 to 15% efficiency improvement for thousands of plants, which are uh, mega scale plants, makes a, a significant dent on global carbon emissions. So overall, it's, 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 a, it's an emotional journey and it's quite exciting. I bet. And Dr. McDonald, how have you seen the industry kind of evolve since you've been with Pani? Well, uh, this started out as a, as a, for me, as a kind of a retirement hobby. Uh, I'm a photonics <laughs> physicist, not a water guy, but uh, I got interested in, in storage. And that's really how I met, uh, met Dev. We both had some ideas about how you could use salt water to store energy. And that's how we formed Pani. Uh, which has been quite a journey since because we've um, discovered that what's really needed is aid to people who are operating desalination and wastewater plants. And what will be coming in the future, we think, is water storage. So we've, we've had a little bit of, at least I've had a little bit of reversal in my thinking through that education. Yeah, and especially now with, um, I think today, actually, the global climate strike has started and societies are now recognizing that, hey, we're, we're in real trouble and we've got to change the ways we've been doing things. Mm-hmm. I saw a very dismaying picture on the internet this morning. There's a little girl holding up a sign that said, uh, you'll die of old age and we'll die of climate. That's yeah. kind of a negative yeah. message. Yeah, it's a scary thing to think of, but I mean... It is. I think with Sonia, you know, we have to be strong, I think. I think uh, just fear, I mean, although fear and uh, incentives do drive people, I think it has to be more mathematical and strategical approach. Yeah, and I think what you're doing in terms of um, not really disrupting those foundational systems in a way that is so costly and is it takes so much um, approval from governments and various organizations, it's really important that you have tools that are not crazy disruptive, right? Yeah, no, correct. I mean, although I think it's it's not just one solution that can solve this large problem, it, it has to be a mix of everything. Mm-hmm. And while while Pani is, you know, while I'm, I'm a huge cheerleader for companies and breakthrough technologies as well in, in their own sense, um, you know, breakthrough is a term we can define how we want, but let's say if someone's working on fusion technology, although it's taking a lot of time and investment, I would love to see it happen. And at the same time, so it has to be a diverse set of solutions we have to bring towards solving climate change. And Pani is making one which is, is a higher confidence level, or the it's close to commercialization, it's proving, it's showing results, and it has the benefit of not being uh, dependent on governments. It, it's a simple business deal, and it can scale to many plants really fast. So that's our small contribution to this large problem and we're supporters of seeing other technologies and solutions within the energy and water space. Yeah, I'd like to underline what you said, uh, Sonia. It's very important to have useful things to do that aren't going to cost a bomb and aren't going to get people all upset. This can be done in existing equipment and will be very effective. Great. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the future holds for Pani and hopefully for the rest of us as well. <laughs> Thank you, Sonia. No, thank you for your time, and uh, we appreciate the questions we have. They're, they're great questions, and uh, yes, it's, it's an exciting time for all of us. Thank you for your time and for joining me on the show. Thank you, Sonia.
Awesome, Sonia. Thank you very much. For more information on the company, please visit PineyEnergy.com. To find out more about Alacrity's Cleantech Scale-Up program, visit AlacrityCanada.com and look for it under the program section. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Cleantech Talk with Alacrity Canada.